All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Dustin Atwood here in the studio. <clears throat> you know, when we sit down and I think about what we're going to talk about each week, typically all the material comes from what goes on in the shop. Now, I never ever want to get to the point where hopefully the show comes across as it's it's just about, you know, changing your oil or maintaining your car. I share a lot of that with you because I believe at the manufacturer at the dealer level, when you buy new vehicles, they come with a tremendous amount of new technology in them, which comes with different care that they don't do a good job educating folks about. In life, my goal, hopefully, is to be educated. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks out there, unfortunately, that, you know, are not educated. They form opinions. And then others pay the consequences, or maybe you do if it's a personal level. Um, but we do this show each week as an educational format. And I hope and pray that that's what it comes across as. I also bridge out quite a little bit away from maybe the automotive like nuts and bolts into some different philosophies and theories and, uh, you know, basic why it is we do what we do at a one custom car care and i've had a tremendous amount of you stop by the shop i was at uh, our ford street location yesterday i uh, was definitely in the middle of a large service and i had uh, some folks come in and just said hey we'd like to put a name with a face and that means the world to me it keeps me very humble um you know my in my heart of hearts I'm an automotive technician, and I always will be. I still do it on a daily basis. Um, I do it because I choose to. Every day I get up and I come in. Um, there are other things that I could uh, decide to occupy my time. I'm not what I would say pigeonholed into one area. However, I thoroughly enjoy what I do for a living, and I hope and pray whatever it is you all out there do, you enjoy it You know, at least uh, a moderate amount, if not you know, as much as I do, because I, I truly, really, you know, if I move out of the country someday, I'm going to be in the automotive field wherever it is I go with maybe heavy equipment or, you know, something of that nature, but the mechanical side and the trade side of, of the coin, if you will. So why did I start the whole show out like this? Well, this is going to be a little bit of a philosophy show. I'll, I'll be very honest. Um, we're going to touch on a couple of, uh, I want to say life lessons or some of my foundational beliefs that uh, life has taught me over the years. If you don't pay attention to some of the uh, events that go on and the uh, result of how you handle those events, you are destined to repeat uh, some of the same mistakes. Now, I am not a student of history, uh, as I should be, obviously. We all should be. Um, but the older I get, the more I see the importance of that, the more I put effort into paying attention to history, not just on, you know, like the U.S. history or world history, but even events as small and in my personal day-to-day -day life or professional life as well, that if you don't pay attention, okay, I took this action in this circumstance and I got this outcome. Okay, well, was that the outcome that I wanted or could it have been better? All right, well, I hate to break it to you all, but no matter what it is you do, it's very repetitious. Um, <clears throat> I've not ever met anybody that does something completely different every single day. If you do, that's pretty cool. But in reality, most of us out there 
are going to experience similar situations again and again and again. So ideally, what happens with experience is that you get better at dealing with the tough situations. Okay. Um, there's a, you know, a quote, I have no idea who it came from, but I have always tried to hold on to it um, very close, and I believe it to be very uh, uh, accurate, is the goal is for you to work until you're comfortable being uncomfortable, okay? You'll notice in today's society, there's a lot of folks that when it gets uncomfortable, they just shut down. They quit, they tap out, they give up. Whatever you want to do, there's many ways people give up on things. Um, It may be leaving a job, leaving the room, hanging up, not communicating or responding to somebody through digital communication. Um, The rare people out there seek those uncomfortable situations out. And as I have gotten older, I have noticed and identified the importance of that. Am I a master at this? Absolutely not. I don't know that anybody ever becomes a master. Maybe if you're a hostage negotiator, you're a master at being comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what you live for. The only way that that happens is if you have a very clear why you're choosing to put yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable. Okay. If you can master your emotions mainly and keep a very clear thought process, the only way that that happens in my experience is that you continue to be able to see or know down deep into your boots of why it is you're doing it, okay? And I'm sharing this with everybody out there because I think it's important. This is becoming a waning um, strong part of our culture, in my opinion. When you look at whatever it is you do in your personal life, whether you are in a management or boss uh, role or a, hopefully a leadership role, or you have a good, strong boss, manager, or leader, or you've got a bad one, I guarantee there's folks out there, as I go through this this morning, that you're processing this. What kind of a You know, if you are in that leadership role, what kind of a boss are you? Do you take orders? Do you sacrifice the people that trust and work for you? Or do you go out and try and protect them from whatever uh, turmoil may come in from a day-to-day operation? I don't care what it is, especially right now uh, in the service sector, regardless whether it's medical, healthcare, uh, automotive repair like we do, Um, whatever it is, it has gotten more challenging the last couple of years. It truly, truly has. And as we hopefully start to quote unquote, get back to normal or the new normal, if you will, uh, it's going to be a different normal than what we had two or three, five, whatever years ago. So you need to really think about, Hey, all right. So if you are in that trusted leadership role, would you work for yourself? I want that to sink in just a second. Would you choose to work for you? Now, that takes a lot of self-reflection. It really, really does. And I don't know that any of us can be truly honest with ourselves about that or reflective in a non-biased manner. All you can do is the best that you can do, but hopefully you can continue to get better every single day that you show up for whatever it is your chosen profession is. So let's flip that coin because I'm sure there's a lot of you out there listening that aren't 
necessarily in that leadership role. And that's cool too. Um, honestly, uh, and I'll have to choose my words carefully. There's a lot of folks that are great at doing that get promoted into a leadership role because you're the best at what you do, but you're not the right pick to be the boss of the operation. And it actually puts you in a more uncomfortable area that you get less satisfaction out of your job. And that's a huge mistake that a lot of folks make. I have made it personally. What you need to figure out is how to build those people into that servant leader role. And I don't know that I've got enough time to get into it before we get into the break. I'll get into that servant leader philosophy, which my mentor taught me many, many years ago. But you have to build yourself. Those are learned skill sets to have a clear vision of why it is that you show up and why it is your team should show up as well. One of the biggest misconceptions is people just show up and know what to do or they know why they're doing it. And a lot of you think that, you know, that should just be normal. You know, if it's automotive repair, you show up to fix cars. Well, fixing cars isn't easy. Being a doctor, lawyer, mason, master plumber, electrician, none of that's easy either. Okay. If you don't know why it is you show up to do what it is your craft is then you have a good pure clear motivation on why it is so when you feel or run into those headwinds you can persevere and push through it and not just fold up like a house of cards now this is a much different show than we normally do and i totally understand that but this is important stuff knowing the why behind a1 custom car care is very important to me where it's going, why it's going in that direction, and a very clear, concise uh, uh, game plan or map for all of our team members. We've got a little over 30 folks that serve the Springfield area, northwest Arkansas as well. And if we're not all working in the same direction, we're not going to be able to serve this community like we need to and you all deserve to have. So that's why I'm sharing some of this philosophy every once in a while. We don't do this too often. Uh, I'll mix in some technical stuff for folks that tune in for, you know, the nuts and bolts side of it today. But a good, clear, concise reason on why we do things, how we do things. Um, And hopefully this resonates out because this is just not about the why of automotive repair. This is the why about you and why you show up and why you chose your chosen profession as well. So we need to step into a break. I've got some very specific fundamentals after we come back. All right, welcome back. You've got Dustin Atwood, A1 Custom Car Care here in the studio today. A little bit of a philosophy video. Had a couple of things. I shared uh, some folks that showed up yesterday, wanted to put a name with a face. Uh, You'll have to be patient with me. We have a multi-location, and I spend a lot of time in the service bays or at the service counter uh, at many locations. So it's kind of a, I don't want to say a crapshoot finding me, but uh, when you do, uh, just bear with me, and I'll, I'll make some time, and we can visit. If you have questions, um, automotive-related-wise, you have um, Macy, Mallory, David, Mike, and Gunner at the service counter, of course, with Ryan, which is hosted many times for us here on KSGF. 
to answer a lot of those questions for you. So I encourage you, and I speak and talk about these folks quite often, so you have a little familiarity when you show up at one of our service counters. So if you're looking at a pre-purchase inspection, if you've got some questions, um, it's a situation that you need some clarity, we can give you some insight. Now, that does not mean, and I want to make sure this is clear, that we will be able to diagnose any kind of problems you're having from the service counter. That's, that's really not their role. And I'm going to talk a lot about that role and being a good conversationalist a little bit later in the show. What I want to talk about right now is some of these philosophies that I've shared with many of you folks. I had a couple of things happen uh, over the last couple of weeks, which I thought was very, very cool. Um, obviously, many of you folks stopping in the in the shops. We've been extremely, extremely busy, and we have a lot of folks that commute a very long way to have us take care of their automotive repair. Now, what does that mean to us as far as a company in A1 Custom Car Care? It means a whole lot. It, it, it truly, truly does. Now, if you live local and you're right around the corner from one of our shops, I take so much pride in you choosing to come to us being our neighbor. As well as when folks put out a ton of effort driving sometimes, you know, well over an hour to have some automotive service done there as well. I've had many customers over the year that lived around one of our stores. I managed our Fort and Sunshine location the majority or the lion's share of my career at uh, A1 Custom. We would have customers that we took care of all of their stuff that would move away from time to time. That happens. You get people move in, people that move away. And then when they would come back to visit family or friends, barring it was a failure situation that they had to get repairs done, they would, I don't want to say bank or save up their time, that when they were in town, they would bring us their car and we would take care of whatever it is they needed while they were in town. Some of them, I know for a fact, that moved to Iowa, Oregon. Uh, I think the farthest one I ever had was Washington. I've had many from Illinois, Indiana, you know, surrounding Arkansas. And that's a very, very big compliment. Uh, and I want to make sure that I explain why I feel that that happens. So occasionally in my professional and my personal life, um, we bring up the topic of skilled, um, basically tradesmen or tradeswomen. Um, I've seen some amazing ladies that are, are rock star technicians out there. There's not a ton of them. I think that they're the way the industry has changed and got so much more technical. I see that being a bigger opening. Um, the thought process for diagnostics definitely aligns with a lot of their natural um, thought process. But I digress. As far as the ability and the why it is that we do what we do, that comes through. Now, you have to have skilled hands doing the service. So you may be the best surgeon out there, but if you're not in a well-equipped surgery center, you're going to be handicapped. Okay. Now I'm drawing a little bit of a a little bit of a, uh, a a stretch here, but just follow along with me. So when you need something as important as surgery done, you want the very best setup, the very best tools and equipment. And typically, you don't balk about the bill too much as long as the surgery goes well. I think that's a fair analogy. Okay. So when it comes to automotive repair. 
I'm not saying it's surgery. Sometimes it's extremely intricate. Um, <clears throat> but the tools and techniques along with the skilled hands is really our main focus at A1 Custom. Okay, And why is that important? Well, every 28 days, a manufacturer, and right now it's probably less than 28 days, is changing the technology that you are purchasing. Okay, Whatever your chosen job and profession is, you save up your money or you get your paycheck and either, you know, hopefully you're in a, a state that when you need to buy a new vehicle, you go out and you write a check. That'd be awesome. I've not ever had the opportunity to do that as of yet in my life, but someday maybe I will. If you're like most of us, you buy or rent your home. That's your primary biggest investment that you have. Your second biggest investment is your personal transportation. Some of you have larger families and you have multiple vehicles. You have own, your own small fleet that we take care of as well to make sure we're protecting your second biggest investment that you have. And we want to get as many miles out of that as possible. How do we do that? Well, we have at each location at least one, if not multiple, master certified technicians. That does matter. Okay, Our people are industry professionals. God forbid somebody decide to move away and I lose one of them. They're going to be in the automotive field wherever they go, no different than me. We have attracted an amazing amount of them that have moved into one of our markets and chosen or sought us out. Um, I hired a gentleman here a couple of years ago. He literally Googled automotive repair in the area that he was moving to. We were ranked very high. We were the first shop that he came to. It was a great match, worked out good for us, still in a, a good relationship to this point today. That continues to be very important, is getting and keeping and retaining and continuing the education for new, talented, skilled individuals. Now, as a master certified technician, if I were seeking a shop, the right tools and equipment and facility are going to be as much of as an interview for me as I am for them. What does that mean to you? Well, when you're looking, whatever your business is, you need to be appealing to the top talent. If you want to be on the uh, upper echelon of whatever it is your chosen profession, you want to have good lighting, you want to have good curb appeal, it's kind of like selling a house. Okay? Right now, uh, as far as in the, the market of housing, it's a seller's market. When you're trying to uh, attract good talent, it's a buyer's market. Okay? There's many folks out there trying to be at the cutting edge of whatever it is they do, but there's not a lot of skilled tradesmen, tradeswomen, skilled hands in order to fill those positions. So you have to have amazing curb appeal to attract those folks. And in case no, nobody has driven by one of our locations, I'm very pleased with the curb appeal of our shops. The waiting room, the lighting in them. We continue to improve that every single year. It's amazing when we sit down and have a team meeting and planning session at our office. Um, you know, the, the owners of the company have done an amazing job equipping us to give that high level of service. It has good lighting. They've updated the facilities. They continue to reinvest in what it is that gives us the curb appeal for all of us, not just uh, the employees like me, um, but you folks as well. If you have big fleets out there, our sunset location, that has been a direct uh, 
result that we can handle some of your fleet service needs and keep you on the road and keep your vehicles performing or your pieces of equipment, if you will, in a manner that suits and serves you. Nobody plans to not be without whatever their chosen need is. You know, we talked about, you know, different medical fields earlier. You know, the days of the house call where the doctor walked in with a small little hand tote and did the house checkup. I mean, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there were some amazing things that were done are pretty much over. I mean, to get a doctor to come to your house is, is, is almost probably non-existent, barring you've got extremely large stacks of gold and silver sitting around. So what do you do? You go into the facility who's very well equipped. Over the last year, I've spent a tremendous amount of time in medical facilities, and the equipment and technology that's in those facilities, you cannot fit in a bag. Okay, It's also not the same equipment that you would see in a medical facility 10 years ago. So what does this mean to you and why am I talking so much about it today? Well, it's the same thing, okay? If A1 Custom Car Care was doing the the same job or the same level of skill set 10 years ago that we need and are doing today, we would not be in near the spot, maybe not even in business to be honest, because the industry changes so fast. You look at the cost of a pickup 10 years ago. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was a lot cheaper than it is now. There's some six-figure pickups out there, SUVs. So as you look at that expense and that investment, you better have skilled folks that have kept up with the changing in the time, not only with the folks that know what they're doing, but have the equipment and know how to use it. And that's why I choose to work at A1 Custom Car Care, okay? I'm coming up, I think, on 17 or 18 years. Um, and I choose to come here even after all these years of time. I know many other shop owners out there. There are some good ones, by the way. There's some excellent shop owners in the Springfield and Republic, Northwest Arkansas area. But there's also some very old shop owners and as I have, you know, got to know a lot of folks over the years, interviewed and hired a lot of technicians that have worked at other places, one of the biggest main complaints, and this one's very near and dear to my heart, is having the right tool for the right job. There are times where we make or fabricate what we need to get a job done. The amount of specialty tools that are out there in this day and age is absolutely unattainable, in my opinion, let alone if you did own them all, be able to catalog uh, you know, our Sunset location there by Classic Rock Coffee. The shop area is, a, is a probably well over or in the ballpark of about 10,000 feet. Now, if we had specialty tools for every make and model that was ever out there, you would overflow that building and you would never be able to find anything. So when I talk about, or if you call one of the stores, a lot of what they do, if it's a non-typical routine repair or a vehicle that we haven't seen in a long time or you know something special, is they run that through me of whether we're going to accept it or not. Now, what I'm processing on my side of it, whether I decide, yes, that's something that we are going to accept or something we're going to not, which we don't turn away a lot, but my make or break decision is can we 
hold the standard of repair that we do for everybody else on this particular oddball service. And if I, ha- if I can, and we have the right equipment and the right skill set, we do. If it's not a good fit or the expectations set out by what the customer's looking for is not something that's going to align with those, then we don't. That's just simple. I'm breaking this down and hopefully pulling the veil away from it. And sometimes folks are like, man, I really wish you would do this for us. And and most of the time we do. If we're not, we don't because I want to make sure that standard of repair and that experience is as high as possible. And having the right tools and the right equipment and the right folks touching those is going to be what you need to look for when you're looking for an automotive repair facility. And that changes every single day, if not every day, at least every month. And you need to make sure whoever you trust to take whatever your service into is that they are staying on the cutting edge of whatever industry that they're in. And if you're not, and you're part of a team or a company that's not doing that, you're losing market share and you are going out of business very slowly. And that is not something that A1 Custom Car Care is interested in. We're down at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back in a few moments. All right, we're about halfway through the show, and as I kind of, you know, collect my thoughts off air, when I sit down and we, you know, kind of figure out what it is you and I are going to talk about every Saturday, there are things that trigger those. Now, we've been talking about skilled hands and, you know, the right equipment, etc. Now, over the years that I've been doing this, I have invested a tremendous amount of personal investment which basically means from my personal paycheck as a skilled technician, uh, the tools and equipment, as far as like, you know, day-to-day hand stuff, is the responsibility of a technician. As far as the reason that I accepted the position at A1 Custom and have stayed for so long is because the the large stuff, the shop equipment, etc., the facade curb appeal, is the responsibility of the shop owners, and I'm very proud of both of those things, is that we have a great facility and we have excellent equipped technicians. And many of our technicians, me included, I guarantee if you had to replace or inventory the investment, they're well over six figures. So when you bring your car into a facility, and obviously I know ours intimately, um, I know what it is the folks that are doing and performing the checkout and repairs and what it is that they're using to get that done. And we as a group or a uh, culture, if you will, continue to make sure that we have the latest and greatest equipment. So what triggered this discussion and why I wanted to share this with you guys? Um, Many times, professional and personal, when I have made different investments, people that are not industry people, Uh, strictly automotive related. There are other industries that will understand this, but most folks don't. And they see what a large investment cost. A lot of times their comment will, will show me how much they truly don't quite grasp what it is that we do and how it is we do it. Okay. For instance, I have bought many scan tools over the years. 
uh, and one custom car care has as well lab scopes etc so it's it's not just a me thing but when as a technician purchases a scan tool that's a, a very hefty purchase it's also a uh, perishing investment now what do i mean by that well Think about all the cell phones you've bought over the years and how quickly they become obsolete or laptops, if you will. Um, I was doing some uh, programming on a vehicle here recently, and this is something that we do. The manufacturer, it was General Motors product, they specify that your laptop, the life expectancy of the software on there for it to be applicable to do the programming that I was needing to be done was three years or newer. Okay, so basically that's kind of what I'm talking about here, that technology changes so much, we have to continue changing our equipment with the changing of the times. And that when you buy a scan tool or a laptop, cell phone, etc., if you get more than three years out of it, you're probably doing good and taking care of your investment. But you're also dated and behind and there's things that you won't be able to do with your equipment that somebody that's still up on the cutting edge can So when I have folks that see or know personal or professional when I make a large purchase um, and they question that, well, why do you need that? Well, that's what keeps me relevant in this industry. That's non-negotiable, at least for me. And this is, you know, a very pointed or narrow point of view. I do not want to get in a situation where we have some things coming in the door that I'm not prepared to handle and take care of. Now, if it's something that's not in our wheelhouse, I I talked about that earlier, I'll have an open and honest discussion with whoever it is. Maybe this is a special circumstance and I'm going to accept and figure it out. Or maybe I'm going to recommend or just decline it altogether that, hey, this is not what it is we do. But 99% of you out there listening, when you have an automotive need, now we're not a classic or a automotive restoration shop. That's kind of one of those things where I'm going to bow out graciously and say, hey, this is not the kind of automotive repair we do. Could we do it? Sure. Are we the best suited for it? No, we're not. So what are we going to do? We're going to tell you that. Hey, nope, that's not what we're going to do for you. Your day-to-day commuter that you depend on to pay your bills because you need to get to point A to point B or you need to get to the doctor, we're going to keep that running as good, if not better, than when you purchased it. And we're going to keep it running for many, many years. Okay. And make sure we make you a part of that. So when I have these conversations come up, I typically in the past tried to justify why I did those. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And what I have figured out when I talked earlier in the show about learning from different scenarios and how and paying attention to the outcome is a lot of folks just surely don't have the experience to understand my point of view or, you know, a skilled tradesman that invests in their own tools and equipment. And that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything bad to that. What I have figured out is showing them the results of those investments over years uh, and how that works is really what is the eye-opening side of that for different folks. Most people out there show up and most of their equipment, if not all of their equipment, is furnished. And so if you work for a construction company, now I, I did and spent some time while I was going to my automotive trade school, you furnish a fair amount of your equipment, um, you know, hand tools, etc. Now, there are jobs out there that furnish that for you. That's awesome. Now, if you work for a heavy equipment company, which is still construction, you probably don't furnish your own dozer 
or backhoe or trencher. Um, and if you are a small business and you do that, that's fantastic. I support you 150%. But the reality is you don't bring your own road grader to work. So you're not going to understand the cost of that investment. When it breaks down, you call somebody like us to take care of it and fix it. You don't have any personal investment in that vehicle. You're probably there being paid an hourly rate until it's fixed so you can get back to work. With our craft, it's much, much different. We are in the business of solving problems. And if there's a tool out there that allows me to solve the problem more effectively, more timely, and more efficiently, that's what we're talking about right now, okay? I've worked with technicians that are amazing at doing, uh, you know, doing a, a, an adequate job or even a good job with the tools that they have, okay? And, and what, what happens when I'm in that situation? Well, they borrow a lot of my tools and equipment because I have the right tools for the job. I have other shop owners and, and other shop managers and technicians that call and borrow stuff as well. Likewise, do I have the good enough relationship with some of our peers that we call and do that as well with the high-level service centers that we know and have a good relationship around the Springfield and Republic area? I take that super seriously because that is our reputation that allows us to do that. If you're a technician that is investing in themselves, uh, not just tool-wise, but education-wise with the support of whatever facility, we have an amazing, as far as I'm concerned, structured program that we continue educating and bringing new people into the industry. Uh, I'm not new anymore by any means, but that is the reason that I am at A1 Custom. I sat down with Lois and David back in the day, and they were looking for new young talent to be able to be groomed to help um, glean the learned skills from their veteran folks before they retired. When I sat in and interviewed, that's exactly what they told me. Now, I had a two-year trade school and some fabrication experience from uh, the construction company that I was working for. So those skills opened that door. And then they had a structured mentor and apprentice program that I spent roughly six months to a year going through and then uh, very quickly was turned into a production technician. Well, that still is done to this day almost 20 years later. We have some great, amazing success stories throughout our company and we're always continually look, continually looking for the right clay and person to build. Not only has that expanded from the technician side of it, um, Alan, which is a, a near and dear friend of mine that I thoroughly enjoy being able to glean his experience as well, has developed that into the service advisor position as well. So when you come into one of our stores, you will see a professional advisor. We have some young talent that's coming, uh, coming through the ranks and doing an amazing job. I'm so impressed with where it is that we're going and very, very humbled to be a part of that. And and that is basically saying, hey, this deal is much bigger than just one person. We have the strength that if that one person or that key person, you know, gets pulled away for whatever demands happen, the rest of the team believes in the why it is A1 Custom does what we do to rally together and fill up that void until we can make sure and get that person back in the game. 
that's a big deal. And I hope whatever it is you do, you're part of that as well. But we got one last break, and then I'm going to roll the show all up in a nice bow and send you guys off. All right, we've got just a little bit of time. I have gone over a lot of different topics. You know, we didn't talk a ton about cars, uh, but your automotive experience or whatever service you need from somebody is not necessarily always about that. Um, As a young technician, my main focus and goal and why I decided to do this was to be the very best diagnostic and drivability technician that I possibly could be. And I still work towards that goal this very day. As I progressed through the industry and my eyes were kind of opened with some um, information and training that I was exposed to and some very, very high level intelligent individuals, the why or the goal for me personally grew. Okay. And I, th- this all applies to companies as well. This isn't just necessarily, I'm, I'm using this as an example. And as that happened, and I understood that it could be a lot bigger playground than what I initially thought, you know, that just my single service bay with my lift and tools that, you know, I've been talking about was, was the end of it. And, and, and that was just the beginning, honestly. So as I started to get more proficient and more, um, capable in the service, you know, people started to just naturally kind of, you know, be a part of that. And, and then we started to attract some amazing high level technicians. Uh, one of my very, very, uh, top, I mean, a level technicians, uh, he chose or sought us out to come to work for us probably, I don't know, 12 or 15 years ago now, and still is with us to this day. Uh, and has gotten even better and better and better every single year as a technician as well. And so as that started to happen, our pool has gotten bigger and our talent has gotten bigger. Um, it allowed me to broaden, I guess, some of my role and get into some of the service advisor counter um, sales roles as well, try and hone those skills. So not only did I need to be a better proficient technician, I needed to be a much better service advisor as well. And that's the interaction that you all see or experience when you come into one of our stores and and with one of our folks. And as I continued going through that and then, you know, kind of broadened out and was in hopefully what most of our folks would consider a leadership role or management role, I learned that communication is one of the very, very biggest key players of whether you win or you lose in whatever situation it is. And what I consider a a good conversationalist became very, very important. Now, communication skills, it changes just as much as anything that we ever have talked about on this show, let alone the industry stuff that I talk about all the time. And, you know, as technology comes in and you have unverbal or nonverbal, non-in-person, you know, digital communication, uh, those skills are perishable, no different than anything else. So you have to work at those as well. So I can think many years ago I had a gentleman, there was a little bit of a language barrier, but it was a disastrous, and I'm keeping it real, 
uh, exchange in that conversation. And I'll never forget that. That was probably one of the first year or twos I w- uh, uh, that I was in this industry. And he was a very good man, good customer. And the communication got sideways. And I was not strong enough at that point in time to right the ship and solve that gentleman's issue and build or win back, hopefully, the faith that we had lost. And I never, hopefully, I don't ever forget that. But that was a lesson that I glean or pull from to this very day. So we had another situation a couple of weeks ago where we had, in a similar deal, we had kind of gotten sideways. And I had, you know, not really weighed in on that situation um, because I had other things going on. I just hadn't got or it hadn't risen to the level that I had to deal with it yet. Until it did, and then, then you know, it was on my plate. It's always easier to deal with the situation, especially a tough one, on your terms, instead of not getting to it quick enough and allowing it to rise to the situation where it deals with you on its terms. Okay, that goes back and rolls the show hopefully all together about making some of those hard decisions. Um, those hard decisions typically, and I'm going to say 99.99% of the time, are the ones that glean the most return on investment. The easy stuff, you know, the checks in the mail and it shows up and you get a you get a stimulus check for not doing anything. Those typically people don't value that because they didn't have to work for it. They go and buy a new TV or PlayStation or whatever it is, but you take them out and you make them dig ditches for 12 hours, that same amount of money, I guarantee they're going to garner that much more fiercely and not just willy-nilly spend it. And that's kind of what we're talking about now is being comfortable, being uncomfortable. So situation came up, you know, similar um, as far as the the level of frustration and lack of communication was a big deal. So as that happened, we were able to move through it. Logical, good solution for all parties involved. And it continued to build trust with both of those relationships. Some of our very, very best folks um, that I still have the honor and opportunity to work for are our customers that had been at different service centers before coming to us, didn't have a good solution, were very frustrated, and a lot of times very angry at the automotive industry as a whole, but still needed their car fixed. And it just by fate happened to cross paths. We were able to uh, get them a good solution, do a good job communicating how and what that solution was going to be, and get it and then own the outcome. That's the other part of it. Anybody can say anything. Oh, yeah, you know, we'll make that happen. Uh, But if you don't make sure that it happens, you know, all those words meant nothing. So your effective conversationalist was dishonest. Okay. Anybody that talks about honesty, I immediately uh, think that they're, you know, full of it and probably very dishonest. I don't mean it in that manner. I just mean that if you say something and you look somebody in the eye and say, hey, we're going to do this. Even if you don't do it, you got to own up to it and say, hey, this didn't work out. We're going to have to go about this a different way. We're going to have a different solution, but I'm still working towards solving whatever your issue is. That's the honest that I'm talking about, not, you know, you know, whatever else. Everybody's like, well, honestly, I'll tell you, blah, blah, blah. What I mean is, is people that will identify a problem 
and then own it all the way through to conclusion, okay? Even when it doesn't go right the first or second time, okay? I cannot tell you how many cars, honestly, over the, the years, sometimes I've had to take a run at them two or three times to get them right. <clears throat> As a technician, nobody wants to do that. As a customer and consumer, nobody wants to do that. But sometimes that's just the cards you're dealt. Um, I will say there's different times where I've talked to the non-primary driver. They were not able to give me the information that I needed, and it took two or three times before I was able to talk to the primary driver and find out what their concern was firsthand in order to get to the problem. So identifying that communication and listening is what I'm wrapping this show up into today, okay? I think as the human race, our minds think very, very quickly. And a lot of times we're trying to think about what a rebuttal or a, you know, a participation in the conversation so quickly that we're not hearing and paying attention to the inputs that we're being given. And I got just a very little bit of time, so I'm going to wrap this up. When you're a good, effective listener, you must, or the requirement of you to speak goes down drastically, as well as exponentially, your effectiveness in order to speak goes up infinitely, okay? That's what we're wrapping this up to today. Your life lessons, hopefully, are teaching you to listen more, and speak less, but speak more pointedly. And what I mean by that is all of the last almost 20 years of my professional career has boiled down to, I need to be a better listener. And I promise that I am still a student of that to this very day. And I hope this wakes, if not just one person up, and it rings a bell that when you're in those tough situations and the stress level's high and all you're trying to do is have a good comeback in whatever scenario you're in, you you hear this maybe, or you play this back in your head and you take a deep breath and you listen to whatever the input is. And you digest that and I guarantee you'll be more effective being comfortable being uncomfortable. Those are the folks that seriously win at life is if it's only a big deal if you make it a big deal. I don't care what else is going on. Own that outcome. And I hope you guys have an awesome and safe week. I hope the rain lets up eventually for a little while longer. We're here on Saturdays from 8 to 5. If you need anything at the shop, that's where I'm headed.